Hi, this is Ananda, President of the Hare Krishna Community near Washington, D.C. What follows is a Sunday talk recorded at our temple. Every Sunday we invite the public for meditation, a talk, and a vegetarian lunch. We'd love for you to join us. More information is available at iskonofdc.org. That's I-S-K-C-O-N of D-C dot org. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the talk. Would you like to know a secret? It's a secret. But I'll tell you anyway. One of the things that I've learned to do, I, 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 I meant to put at the beginning the words of Jai Radhamadava because sometimes there's new people in the audience and they don't know the words. But I forgot. That wasn't the secret. The secret is when you forget... Look around the room and see who doesn't know the words. And that way you know who's new. So I noticed there are some new people because you didn't know the words. Intuitive, right? The, those words, the, the song that we just sang, besides the melody is beautiful. And <clears throat> the compiler is one of our great acharyas, Bhaktivinoda. Thakur. There's your names of Krishna in Vrindavan. And they're specific. They're names of Krishna that indicate his loving relationships, different loving exchanges with the residents of Vrindavan in different ways. And they have spiritual potency that stimulates ecstatic love for Krishna. That's why we like to sing it. And we also like to follow our founder, Acharya, who at the beginning of every class would sing Jai Radha Madhava. So that's what we just did. We stimulated our ecstatic love for Krishna for a little bit. And now <clears throat> the topic, I'm looking at the clock, and it's 6.15, excuse me, one fifteen, and... Um, I was told I have 20 minutes to half an hour to speak, so I'm going to speak fast. Because this is a nice topic, but I want to end on time, because Ananda Vrindavan likes speakers to end on time. And I like to follow her lead. What? How's that? Better? Okay. I'll try to speak a little louder too, besides. Gita values. Where does this come from? Here's the inside story. There's a group of devotees that started a project at Oxford University in the UK to get teaching Vaishnavism as an accredited curriculum at Oxford University. Prestigious. And one of the leading persons involved some other devotees in ISKCON to come up with Gita values that are in you know, refined language, very simple language, to teach exactly what Anandar Vrindavan said, 
how to live our lives in such a way where in keeping with the mood and the spirit and the, the message of Bhagavad Gita. So, Gita values. Now, where does this have a role in the cultivation of our Krishna conscious lives? Some of you probably work in corporate America. And so in corporate America or in organization or individual development, all three, this metaphor of sometimes it's called cultural engineering, sometimes it's called paradigm shift. You know, when a CEO takes over a corporation, they, they want to do some cultural engineering. So this is where that image comes from, the iceberg image, the iceberg of culture. And there's three main parts. There's the tip of the iceberg, and then there's everything else. So the tip of the iceberg is what the corporate people call artifacts. It's behaviors, <clears throat> visible, your senses can perceive them. The way of speaking and you know the, the corporate culture in the external sense, or the individual culture. Because Prabhupada wanted, the Bhagavatam wants, a revolution in the impious lives of people in general. So it's not just behavior modification. We're not the International Society for Behavior Modification Incorporated. There's behaviors that we may adjust, what we eat and so forth. But that's not the essence. It's... The essence is the, the tip of the iceberg is resting on what's below. That's stated values, official beliefs, mission statements. What we say is important. So Gita values is what's important. And then what's important rests on something that's even below what's important. What's, what's more important than what's important? Assumptions, deeply held beliefs, implicit convictions, unchallenged certainties. So I haven't studied this deeply, but I've had discussions with a few that have. And what happens is values, <clears throat> when they're cultivated and genuinely you bring them within, Srinvanti, Gayanti, Grinanti. When you bring them within, then it's no longer just a value, it's an unchanging certainty of life. Here's a little example. There's many examples. Here's a little example. I like serving. Lots of people like serving. And <clears throat> it's a way of life. It's something I value. An opportunity for service? Hey, here we go. And then when it's service to Krishna and it goes deeper and deeper and deeper, it means in all the different variegated situations that you run into in the course of life, which is colorful sometimes, stressful sometimes, joyful sometimes, but certainly variegated, there's one thing that's unchanging and that's I am Krishna's eternal servant. Not just a value, it's something that's unchanging, deeply held, 
certainty upon which there's values and upon which there's behaviors. So we're going to the, the value section with the hope, the expectation, the great expectation of it becoming something that's unchanging within our lives. Transforming from what we were to what we want to be. And one of those principles or Gita values is the Acharya principle or the Acharya value. Acharya is a nice word, Sanskrit word, that <coughs> indicates, just as um, Anandarindavan said, teaching by example. And we refer to Srila Prabhupada as our founder Acharya, because he taught us by his words, but also by his example. In Bhagavad Gita, the word Acharya is right there. In chapter 3, Yadyad Acharati Shrestas Tatat Evetarojana Sa Yat Pramanam Kurute Lokastad Anuvartate. Meaning, <coughs> whatever action. A great man performs, common men follow. So here's the Acharya principle. Whatever standards he sets by exemplary acts, so the exemplary acts, that's the tip of the iceberg, the behavior thing, but beneath the behavior thing is the value. Behaviors rest on what you hold as meaningful and valuable and important. So the Acharya message is this one. Exemplary acts, but that's teaching. So teaching is what an Acharya does. They do exemplary acts, but they're teaching. And we'll, we'll see something about, and say something about Prabhupada as the Acharya. Um, it's really nice being American in one sense, you know, when I first became introduced to Bhagavad Gita, I knew that I didn't know what it meant. There are some other people that think they know what it means. If you know what I mean. Oh, I know all about Krishna. But if you don't know anything about Krishna, it's nice because you're blank slate. Hey, what's it all about? So, I learned some terminology just by hearing and one of the terminologies is this achar and prachar. Achar means conduct, what you do, the, the, the observable stuff, the tip of the iceberg stuff. And prachar is what you say. So in modern America, it's called walk your talk. You talk, live it, man. Walk your talk. Or walk the talk. Both it's said in similar fashion. So that's that's the topic. And now I want to spend some time in our modern Western culture, and then we'll go to the Eastern culture. Some examples. Now a, a very nice example that I like very much is the Amish. 
Are there many Amish people, not in Washington, D.C., but in Virginia? Yes or no? Some? Mennonites. Okay. I was just on, on Thursday, I was in Gita Nagari, and a lot of Amish people. Well, it was in between Gita Nagari and State College. So they're, they, what they're known for, mainly, at least generally, people, as far as I know, is they don't use electricity, they don't use mechanization, and they're an agrarian-based economy. And you know, but they also, you know, build, make furniture, and do stuff with hand, but without machines, no electricity. It's all by hand. And um, you may also not know this. But they're growing, and they don't grow by um, converting people, although people do become Mormons. I know some people who became Mormons. But they, can, they grow because they have big families, and the children want to stay with what they're doing. They really like it because the values are values they really like. They have their hierarchy, their village elders, so to speak, and if somebody starts to stray, they tap them on the shoulder and, you know, stay within the values of the Amish. And here's why. So, it's growing. And one of their teachings is this one, exemplifying one's principles. That's the Acharya principle exemplifying one's principles so you have values and you live them is the basis of dignity respect and trust because they're trustworthy the people that are born into that practice that way of life they want to stay because they're trustworthy. And these are persons of, it's, it, they're acharyas. Of course, someone doesn't do that. That's another story. Just one example. <clears throat> Two summers ago, there was a, a, a great misfortune. There was a, a hate crime. Somebody came along and I forget how it happened, but they killed two of the girls who are family members in, the, um, in their Amish community. And that was big news. And the very next day was the big news. The Amish community, the first thing they did, they went to their place of worship and prayed to God to forgive that wrongdoer. Because that's a principle, is to pray to God for forgiveness of others. And a hate crime, murder, on the side of the road or something like that. I, 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 was, I was wowed, personally. And that's walk your talk. It's a basic teaching It's right in the Lord's Prayer. Forgive others as, as you would wish them to forgive you. That's the 
uh, you know, another principle that's the, um, do one to others as you would have others do one to you. That's a principle. To live it is dignity. To live it is the Acharya principle. So the whole community got together. That's what they did. I don't know what happened to the wrongdoers, you know, the murderers. But at least from the Amish community, they were forgiven. And they're praying to God for that person. There's other examples, but I like that one. Mother Teresa, well-known personality, simple woman in one sense, but she's known for her selfless service in her orphanages and other places. So that was the behavior, but what's the value behind the behavior? So in her own words, love cannot remain by itself. It has no meaning. Love, that's my underlining, has to be put into action and that action is service. So she valued loving. Now, the loving had its you know, object, let's say, deeper than the bodily welfare and the emotional welfare is the soul. But you, you serve the soul also by serving the needs that the soul is packaged in. And that's part of service. It's the holistic picture of service. And that's, she was showing by example. And she inspired many other people by her example. That's the Acharya principle. Now we're going to go to the, the East. I couldn't resist because I visit China to say something from Chinese culture. Same principle. Lao Tzu. If you spend time in China, you certainly learn about Lao Tzu. He's the um, founder of Taoism. In fact, the, the first Bhagavad Gita I got was from a philosophy professor who was a Taoist, an American fellow. But, you know, he got it from Lao Tzu. Knowing others is intelligence. Knowing yourself is true wisdom. Mastering others is strength. Mastering yourself, that's the Acharya principle, is true power. So you have values and you live those values. Not you have values, but the mind is weak. That's a biblical statement. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You heard that one? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. It's in, in, in our Sanskrit terminology, it's anishita bhakti. <laughs> we know what we should do. We study it very carefully. You make a determination, I'm going to do we don't do. Or the other way. Something is, you know, it's a bad habit, it's a, it's a weakness. I've studied it very carefully from all different angles. I want to overcome this. And we continue to do it. It's a, it's a sign of unsteady. And the acharya principle is you master yourself. But that takes true power. And true power isn't, you know, big biceps. True power is... Spiritual strength. There's a nice statement Prabhupada makes in um, Krishna book, Prayers by the Demigods, chapter 2. 
is <clears throat> for success in spiritual life, one requires strength. Not physical strength, spiritual strength. And spiritual strength comes from Balaram. So we take shelter of Hari Rama, Hari Rama, 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 Hari Hari. In that sense, Rama can indicate Balaram. We need spiritual strength to be effective at being Acharya, true mastery of yourself. <clears throat> the BBT made a whole publication as a cover image of it's a photo journal of Srila Prabhupada's life with captions to teach us something uh, about the Acharya principle shown in, in visual images. And our founder Acharya, Srila Prabhupada, spoke this way. One of his values, the driving force of his behaviors and actions in this world, our aim is to make all people happy. Sarva Sukino Bhavantu. This is the Vedic mission. Everyone should be happy. Um, not so long ago, a couple months ago, somebody gave me a gift, a birthday gift. And it was one of those little recorders so you can pick up in Vrindavan. And it has all the Prabhupada's lectures on it. Get one. And it, the volume is really good to us. It, it, it's anyway. It's 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 a wonderful gift. So I've been listening and listening and listening. Shh. The second cry is usually louder than the first one. And the third one is louder than the second one, and by the third one, he's out in the hall. the end of the world. Okay. <clears throat> Recordings of Srila Prabhupada. So I've been listening and listening and listening and enjoying and enjoying and enjoying. And the, the, the places that Prabhupada went literally all over the world, <clears throat> two things. Audience specific, like in India, tons and tons of Sanskrit quotes. In the West, fewer, but some. And second, so audience relatable, but almost all the lectures, this is in the, in the early era because that's how they're ordered in this device. Prabhupada was appealing for people to be happy. He was very explicit about it. He wanted people to be happy. And so he was pointing out what's the source of misery. And we're not attached to the misery we're attached to the source of misery. So cutting the attachment to the source of misery is not easy because people are attached to the source of misery. They're addicted to the source, not to the misery. But he wanted people to be happy. So he gave that principle. And that principle is placing Krishna at the center. Now I have to speak quickly because the clock is moving. The first lecture I heard Prabhupada speak in college, I couldn't understand because I was new and his, you know, his accent was different. So what I did was I got the lecture and heard it again and again and again, and it's still with me. 
So I'm going to share it with you, at least one part. So he made a motion like this, and he said, imagine there's a pond in the middle of the floor, middle of the room, and we give everybody a small pebble. And we tell somebody, can you throw your pebble in the water and see what happens? That's what happened, little bloop. And concentric circles expand out, and it's very nice. And then someone else, okay, now you, and same thing. And then everything's nice until the circles intersect and then they clash. And then everybody, okay, on the count of three, throw your pebble in and what is it? Chaos, material life, because there's no center. So the, the, the simple formula to become happy is make Krishna the center. Preserve your individuality as much as you like, make Krishna the center. And respect that others have other personalities and other nature, and that's just fine. Make Krishna the center. It takes a while to make Krishna the center because we've got our other stuff going on. I call it the two-pocket program. So much for Krishna, so much for me. It's a mantra. Me, me, Krishna, Krishna. We just have to become the Krishna mantra. Then it becomes happy. And Prabhupada traveled far and wide, sacrificing his vitality and his everything just to make people happy. That's, that's our founder, Acharya. So now specifically within Bhagavad Gita, and I'm going to end on time, believe it or not. So Gita values, the topic that was introduced that I was assigned to speak about is how Bhagavad Gita teaches us. So I wanted to go through what the principle is and give some contemporary examples and our founder Acharya's example, now Bhagavad Gita examples of values. Shishas teham shadi mam tvam prapanam. It's a, a principle, an Acharya-like principle where <clears throat> Arjuna, as exalted as he was and qualified as he was, was, by Krishna's arrangement, bewildered. And he spoke. I remember reading Bhagavad Gita for the first time and the words that Arjuna spoke were, wow, you know, very high, ethical, principle-based, Moral, strong. And he gave multiple reasons, multiple different, different, different ones, and stacked them up and, you know, I, I shall not fight. And then he came to the position of recognizing, I really don't know. You know, I really don't know. It's good to know that you don't know. It's good to know that you don't know. It's good to want to know, and it's good to know that you don't know. So Arjuna knew that he didn't know. What's my duty? And so he submitted, Shishyas te hum, aham. I, I become your shishya. I become your disciple. Please instruct me. Prapanam, I surrender unto you. That's Arjuna teaching by example what we should do when we know that we don't know. And we want to know. Re 
recently I've been um, visiting a number of colleges, and it's, it, it, somehow it keeps coming up. Like, how'd you get started doing this? So, quickly, I wanted to know. I knew, I had this conviction, this is the, the bottom of the iceberg. I knew there's a higher reality. And I knew that this isn't higher reality. It's, it's the, 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 the covering, the veneer, is not the thing. It's the covering of the thing. And when you strip away all those temporary things, what's left? What's really real with a capital R? I know there's a higher reality. I know that I don't know, and I want to know because I don't want this other one. I'm living in this other one's place, but I want to know. And that's, that's the impetus that started Brahmajigyasa inquiring, and then started finding all kinds of things. And I ruled out there's a lot of people that say they know and they don't know. But that's, that started the, that was the process. And when I, when I met Prabhupada, at the university that I was attending, um, something happened. I just heard him chanting. That was it. And a little 10-minute discussion because everyone was, sorry to say, intoxicated to the max because he was chanting with Allen Ginsberg, who was notorious for being a proponent of LSD of the time. And everyone was bouncing off the wall and the ceilings. And the room was the room was full with smoke, and it wasn't cigarettes. So it was stay high forever, you know, <laughs> with Allen Ginsberg. And so Prabhupada spoke very little, given the, the you know condition of the audience. But my life changed just by that short hearing Mahamantra, hearing him speak, and that's one of the reasons that I have committed myself to reaching out to university students is because gratitude without the details because the hands of the clock are moving. That's how I got started. Shishyas teham shadimams. Please instruct me. And I meant it. <clears throat> Arjun was uncertain. He submitted and he heard. And he became transformed. That's the very simple process. Sound, vibration. Here's another principle. Uh, chapter 13, Bhagavad Gita. Krishna says, Brahma Sutra Padais Chaiva. He has asked a series of questions, as is the whole text of Bhagavad Gita, questions, answers. And when Krishna gives in answer to one set of questions, he couches it in this terminology that all that I'm going to say in response to your questions is from the Brahma Sutra. Now, question. What is the source of the Vedas? Answer, Krishna. Question, why is Krishna making reference to that which he's the source of? Answer, he's teaching by example. Although he's the highest authority 
by example he's teaching, you submit to the, the authority of the Vedas. One may be qualified. No, we're not. One, one may be qualified. The Acharya who is qualified submits to the subordinate to the Vedas because we're subordinate. He's teaching by example. He tells Arjuna the same thing. Arjuna wants to leave the battlefield, karma sannyas. And Krishna says, you don't have the qualification to give up, to give, renounce your duty. You're obliged to perform your duty. Well, what about I become self-realized? Then you'll perform your duty also because you'll teach by example. Others will follow your example. And the authority for what the example looks like is the Vedas. Those that are submissive, wanting to know, have to have some authority to know from, and that authority to know from is the infallible source. That's Krishna. Krishna submitting himself to the message of the Vedas, Brahma Sutra. So, the half-hour bell is ringing and I squeaked in. Now, something that I wanted to do because coming up as Gaur Pranima, speak some of the same Acharya principle teachings in <clears throat> the pastimes of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So I'm going to speak about that when I go to Baltimore this afternoon. Yay. Part two. So a one of the values of the ISKCON Potomac is the taking of the message and applying the message through discussing together. So let's discuss together and see how, what questions you may have about the Gita values on the Acharya principle or and or the Acharya principle. Who would like to have some discussion on this topic? We have a question up here. I will. Um, I was talking about uh, in the Gita about the, the Krishna, Krishna and his uh, servant Aduna, Aduna, Aduna was Krishna to fight. the Panda Panda Devas because um, uh, Aduna. Keep it simple. Yeah. Keep, don't go too long. Oh. You you got you're asking a question. You're commenting. This is a question. It's a question. Yeah. Did you understand the question? Did anybody here understand the question? I didn't. Mm -hmm. Where well, I'm, I'm I'm in the majority. <laughs> In simple terms, what is the question, please? 
Not all the background, just what's the question? Just, just say the you, you speak to him. Oh. You two speak, and then we'll, he'll relay what the question is. Okay. You take the microphone and see. Somebody else would like to have some discussion on this Acharya value from Bhagavad Gita. Anyone? Yeah. Hey, Haribo. Raghunanda. Microphone. Right here. Put your hand up. Hare Krishna, thank you, Maharaj, for beautiful, always you give such a beautiful Visuals. presentation. Yeah, they're very captivating. Thank you. Um, I have a question. It's, I was hesitating to ask it because it's a little unrelated, but it is related. So if you think it's not appropriate, you can leave it aside. No one else has got their hand up, <laughs> so it's appropriate. Um, so Acharya, Acharya, one who does, does by example, shows by example. Mm -hmm. um, and we understand that Srila Prabhupada is our Acharya and that also there are others who can be Acharyas to yes. greater or lesser degrees. Yes. Uh, is it possible for an Acharya to be imperfect? In other words, I'm not speaking about Srila Prabhupada. Uh, that's not my question. My question is, can one still be an Acharya and not be perfect and make mistakes? Yes. And here's, here's the... the uh, it's, a, it's appropriate. So the, the, the principle to say yes is someone is on the path and they're on the path to perfection, but they're not at the stage of perfection. Using Prabhupada's language, the strict follower. So, or here's another way to answer your question. Uh, I'll keep it, because of time, keep it short. This is a multiple choice question. Which is a Tulsi? A, a seed. B, a seed that's just beginning to sprout. D, uh, uh, the sprout that has many leaves. D, the, the Tulsi that produces manjaris. Or E, the Tulsi that produces more seeds. Or the next one is all of the above. They're all Tulsi. Less mature, fully mature. Another example. Uttam bhakti. Because that's bhakti. Bhakti is uttama. Bhakti or uttama. But bhakti can include sadhana. And bhava and prema. That's the topic of nectar devotion. Uttam bhakti. So one may be in the sadhana stage, you know, beginning intermediate advanced sadhana stage, not yet at the bhava and prema stage, not yet at that stage of perfection, but on the path to perfection, properly following the strict follower. They're, they're acharya, not yet matured, lesser than matured, but on, you know, can they deviate? Then, you know, yes. But if they continue, that's the Acharya principle. Teaching by example. Okay? Okay. Thank you, Maharaj. Um, 
Thank you for your nice care time. Thank you. Good to see you again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just curious, what uh, you know? What is the line between following uh, in the example, following the example of the charya, and imitation, imitating? Well, that that's a good question. I knew you'd come up with a good question. <laughs> um, one is genuine, sincere, and humble, and the other is imitation, not qualified, trying to project one as if one is something one is not, rather than in the follower mood, the strict follower example again, language again. So... So who, who makes that assessment? Well, there is a strict line. That, that's, you know, Krishna makes right. that assessment. Mm. Guru Sadhu Shastra. Right. But, you know, we can also introspect. And if we're... Part of the problem is we're, de we're, we're, we're covered. Yeah. And so we're going to make mistakes even evaluating our own... Are we... So we, we, need, we need Guru Sadhu Shastra. We also need persons who are dear friends and they'll tap us on the shoulder and, we'll, and they'll tell us we're heading for the ditch. And we say, oh, thank you, rather than, you know, stop pestering me. You don't understand me. I, I'm, I'm special. Right. We need good friends that can help us stay straight and true. We all need it. Peer and, and, and superior also. And you know, persons that are less advanced, they can tap us on the shoulder too and say, excuse me. <laughs> oh, yes. Here comes the microphone. Wonderful talk. So, <clears throat> you mentioned something in the beginning about when we first come in, you were talking about yourself, yes. and you was like, well, it was wonderful because I was just a clean slate. Who's Krishna? Yeah. And the Taoists also refer to the, or maybe it's the Japanese, emptying your cup if that, for a tea ceremony. Yes, yes. It's yes. very, 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 very difficult to do. So I see many people that talk the talk and think they're walking the walk. So I wonder, in keeping with, with what you said, how do we deepen being humble? Because I don't know anyone that really likes to be told the truth. Likes I'm, to be called what? The truth. You know, someone's being a jerk. or uh. Really, I, I don't have anyone going, oh, thanks so much. Unless you're paying a therapist or a coach. or. So, how, how, to, so for the purposes of this, how do we deepen our practice of being humble okay. in a practical way. Well, there's multiple things. It's, you know, the starting position is I'm not at that topmost stage. That's the starting position. I'm not at the topmost stage. That is to say, I know that I don't know. Now, Ask yourself the question, are you at the topmost stage? And if not, then there's things that you have to learn. I don't know anyone who is okay, in this whole but, temple. But there, 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 
then that's the position. Your question was how to cultivate humility. And it's ask yourself, do I really know? You know, so that people may not be, they're too busy being successful to ask that question. But if they pause, hit the pause button and ask that question. You said something very profound. They're too successful to ask that question because they identify with what they do, how much money they have, how pretty. Because that's what their life is, is being that's successful. Humans. Right. And I, you know, I don't want to say I'm not successful. I'm on the path of being successful. I'm doing things that are... I'm too busy. I don't have time to ask the question, do I really know? So that's a... It, it takes some self-honesty, but it doesn't take a whole bunch. You know, is it honesty or courage to like see your? Everyone has an idea of who they are, and when you prick that little pin in there, people can go crazy. Very well, simple. Well, Get so, angry. So or, then, then here's another principle: have good association. That's it's, it's hard to find good association, but have good association. They can help you become humble because they know you. They're not like you know. I know you. You're not there. You know, but they know you, they accept you, and they're helping you to grow. It's encouragement, yeah. kindness. That's love. a friend. We need such friends. We need such. That's another way to help to become humble. And then there's another one. The school of hard knocks. You get bombed on the head because you really didn't know. You thought you knew, and you just messed. So that's another way to learn. Another way to get humble. We've got somebody waving their hand and it is um, Thank you. Up, up front. And where is she? Nanda Radhavan here yet? Quick, ask a question. Hare Krishna Maharaj, my obeisances at your lotus feet. Um, acharyas are the one who teach by examples. Yes. I get that. And everybody is trying to go towards that. that, that. Well, not everyone is. Oh, correct. But, but what I'm saying, that's, that's what we're trying to do, follow the Acharya. My well, question that's is... what you're trying to do, but not every, I'm editing your question. Okay. The preamble of your question. Okay. Not everyone is trying to do that. Now, my question is, if we're trying to... If I am trying to follow the Acharya, but in the way um, I'm not getting through... Being selective, it's it. You're committing offenses when you. It's natural. First of all, we're defective, and so we're going to do defective things. Now, is being defective an offense? No. Knowing that you don't know, that helps you go further. This, you know, this other topic. But, you know, I'm self-deluded. I think I know when I... Deeper inside, I know that I don't know, but I don't want to look at that. I want to look like I know. And so I'm in denial of self-honesty. I'm self-deceptive. And I'm stuck in being self-deceptive. Therefore, I need sadhus. I need the association of persons who are going to... Through their association, sound vibration primarily, but their, uh, their quality then I can, you know, recognize I'm not there and I need to know. And this is a good companion 
They may also not be there, but they can be a good companion that can help me grow. I, I value that. So where's, where's our Ananda Vrindavan? She's letting me go. I'm like, I'm really surprised. She ran out. Wow. Okay, so you got, you're okay with the answer? No, it's natural. It's natural. Now, recognize that you're being selective. So say it, say it differently. Here are some things that really, you know, I'm, I'm this, I'm a new devotee, or I'm a, I've been practicing for some time devotee, or whatever. There's some things that really resonate with me, give me strength, give me clarity. I want to do a lot of that. Then I know that there's this some other area that is not so strong. Let me take some strength from over here and do that. Borrow from strength to areas of weakness. It's being selective, but I, you know, I want to. I want strength. I want spiritual strength to overcome my shortcomings. So I'm selectively doing more of this and less of that. But I know that I need to do that too. Eat my spinach along with you know the, the rest of the, the sweets <laughs> and the chapatis and dal. You know, eat spinach too because it's it's good. Have a well-rounded. Are you ready? Not yet. Anybody else? Till you got set up here. Anyone over on this side? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Maharaj. I wasn't sure if I should ask this question, but then I interested. Go ahead. Which Acharya to follow? I mean, you gave, by your definition, the one who is following his action, his yeah. true faith. But yeah. as, this, as an outsider, which Acharya to follow? As an outsider, how do I decide? That's your question? Yes. Well, you know, as an outsider, you probably do what most outsiders do. You assemble a little of this and a little of that, a little of the other. And I was doing that as a college kid. I was like a kid in a candy store and started getting sick. I was trying this and trying that and trying the other. So gradually you start to narrow down the options and I'll, I'll say this. Um, somebody, I was on a plane from Chicago, sometimes I ride planes, from Chicago to New York, and half the plane was Jehovah's Witnesses because they're making a pilgrimage to Mecca, you know, the Jehovah's Witnesses headquarters. You have the big, you know, all those buildings. And, you know, I saw them talking. And then they were pointing at me and then the head guy wanted to come sit next to me, and I knew what was coming. <laughs> he was going to save me. So he said, do you mind? And sure. And, you know, were you born in this religion? No. Uh, what made you move from what you were doing to this? So I told him three things, which is responsive to your question. <clears throat> I said... Um, 
There are many spiritual teachings, including the tradition from which I grew up in, that I began reading, and I found the Bhagavad Gita answered more of my questions than anything else. Anyone? Hmm. Then I said that there were many prayers and many processes of purification, many mantras, but I found this one was especially powerful in spiritualizing my consciousness, so I gravitated over there. And he said, hmm. And then I said, and equally so, I found a perfect person. And I've given my life to him. Hmm. Well, it's been nice talking with you. <laughs> he got up and left. I mean, I was, I was a hopeless case. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so, so it doesn't mean there can't be other perfect persons or other acharyas. But what Prabhupada had done, Prabhupada touched my life. He, he did what he said is his mission, our mission. He wanted to. He he risked his life to come find me in this middle of nowhere place. He some you know and a whole bunch of other people he didn't know at all and just relieve them of their condition and give them the opportunity to become truly happy. I wanted to give my life to him. So, Guruji. I have one one last one last question. I think. Uh oh. Uh, because like they are all. Uh, How did you get the, the microphone? Right. I have a question. How did you get the microphone? <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, so, uh, first of all, I'm uh, I'm really happy to be here to hear your talk. Okay. Uh, Thank you. My question is an extension of. Uh, what Prabhuji asked uh, just before me. Okay. My question is, so we need, we all need to find a guru. Okay. So we all need to search for the right kind of guru. How do we conduct that search? Because when we surrender to the guru, we have to follow him to the T. We have to follow every, uh, every one of his orders. So we have to find a guru who is uh, perfect and will not fall himself. How do we ensure that? Well, you, the answer to your question is sadhu and shastra. Here is Prabhupada answering your question. You ready? Yes. 26-2nd Avenue, Prabhupada speaking about what you just said. You need a bona fide spiritual master. Right in the middle of class. He didn't even wait for questions and answers. One fellow didn't raise his hand said, Swamiji, how do I know who's a bona fide spiritual master? So Prabhupada stopped the class and said, <clears throat> if you're going to the marketplace to buy a diamond, you had better know what a diamond is before you go to the marketplace. Because if you go to the marketplace and ask for the diamond, the merchant may sell you cut glass or plastic. And you pay a big price. But you didn't get a diamond. So you need to know what a diamond is when you go searching for a diamond. So that's Shastra and Sadhu. So if you're going to be searching, what does Shastra say? What do Sadhus say? For example, 
in Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says the principle of spiritual master must be in disciplic succession. That's a starting point. So supposing someone doesn't have that, you just you know that goes over to the side over there. And what's and so what's disciplic succession? I need to know according to scripture, not someone's blah blah or their autobiography or their well wishers. I need to know what disciplic succession is according to Shastra. And Padma Purana gives it. But you know, you do your searching through the lens of scripture. Shastra Chakshus. I'll tell a little story because I'm going to end. Tamal Krishnamaraj, have you heard his name before? Yes. Yes. So I, I heard this from Kastuba. You know Kastuba. One of your friends. Yes. So Tamal Krishnamaraj was shopping for a watch and he took Kastuba with him. And he said, I want a watch that has a, a crystal across the top. And the, the shop owner said, this one has crystal. It's not plastic. He watched. Tamal Krishnamaraj looked at the man in the eye because he's a street smart New Yorker. He looked at the man in the eye and put the watch crystal on the surface of the glass and said, if I move this across the surface of the glass, if it's crystal, it'll cut the glass. Should I do it? And the man said, no, you'll break the crystal. He caught the man with his hand in the cookie jar. It wasn't crystal because he knew what... He knew the subject before he went there. So you need to have some preliminary knowledge of what guru is. Not a charismatic person or not a this or that person, but according to guru, excuse me, according to Shastra and Sadhu. That's how we evaluate. So we're ready to go. Go ahead.